I'm your host Kevin, and you're tuning into Cosmic Children. Today we have a bunch of interesting faces with me in the studio. Today we have <laughs> the people behind the Life Beyond Grades movement. Ta-da. Ta-da. If okay, so for people who might not know what Life Beyond Grades is, could you please introduce yourselves uh, and tell us what the movement is about? Hmm. Okay. Um. My name is Shamin, uh, and I'm one of the five founders of Life Beyond Grades, actually. There yeah. are two other founders. Um, and it, Life Beyond Grades is basically a parent-led movement mm. um, that seeks to encourage parents to look beyond just valuing their children for their grades or, or stressing their children out unnecessarily. I guess it's about not just chasing ease. Mm. Yeah. So we realized that kids in Singapore were getting really stressed out. Um, a lot of children just get shuttled from like one enrichment class to another on weekends and they have no time to play at all. Yeah. Uh, and there were rising suicide rates or so that we were made aware of. Mm. So we realized that this was something very important because we have children who mm. um, are quite young as well, but we'll be going to primary school soon. Erica's daughter just started primary school mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. And we felt like, okay, we really need to address this because this stress is very real. Yeah. Um, and we will be facing it soon enough. As as parents, going as parents, through this. yeah, as parents and and our children as well. Okay, yeah. So so the movement kind of started when you guys made the transition from, I guess, just being adults to parenthood. <laughs> is, is 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 that safe to say, or did that idea start off even prior or something like that? I mean, I I came. I'm Derek, by the way. Hi. <laughs> I mean, this is my first time seeing something in the mind. Okay. Um, okay, but I I came from this. Uh, you know, as, as, as a young adult, you read like articles, yep. books, yep. listen to podcasts yep. about, you know, about self-development. Yes. And so over the years, um, increasingly, you know, it's, people have been talking about this, that uh, academic success does not equate to success yes. in the working world. Um, to adulting success. To adulting success. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, that, 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 that's something that I, I took away um, with it, you know, the point of going to school is, is for learning. Mm. But we live, of course, these are American-ish sort of articles. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I thought, you know, this is maybe culturally not relevant. But as the years went by, I realized actually this, this, you know, we're, we're seeing that. Um, and especially when you start to work and you see people, your peers, your, yep. your seniors. And then, you know, everyone has this idea that, oh, the better you are, that means the better you were at school, which is, which is fundamentally not true. Mm. Right? As, as you work and as you, as you experience working with other people. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, I, start, I started to see that, that, you know, what we value as a society um, in terms of, you know, grades and, and things like that, um, it, it doesn't necessarily reflect how your worth as an individual um, the worth of a child yeah. who doesn't come back, uh, who comes back from school, uh, with you know not 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 as good grades as mm. his friend, right? We should not be 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 comparing yeah. those two because you know everyone has different skill sets, everyone has different you know are able to do different things, yep. develop at a different pace as well. Yeah, develop at a different pace. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's something there's something in my mind there was something wrong with 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 the way that you know society is structured and and mm. and, and the culture of of these um exam centric yeah. um, sorts of ideas. So then, when Jin Lee, our our she's okay, she's the main founder. She gotcha. came to this idea. I was like, yeah, this is this this makes sense. This is this this makes sense to everything I've read in the last three to four to five years. Mm. And what you're saying right now is something that I've deeply thought about mm-hmm. and reflected upon myself. Yeah. So let's try to do something. So that was the kind of the genesis of the idea. Yeah. And and, and in running with the idea, uh, how long has has this movement been around? 
So it actually Hi, I'm Erica We all forget <laughs> to introduce ourselves <laughs> Boo As you can see, I'm really nervous So that's why I didn't introduce you guys yeah. um, I'm Erica Also one of the co-founders And member of Elementary And Life Beyond Grades um, So the campaign actually launched in 2018 18, September, September of 2018, 2018. Yep. And we obviously we picked September Because that's the month that PSLE results come out and if you're not familiar with the campaign, it basically launched with over 70 personalities sharing their PSLE grades, mm. whether it was high or whether it was low. Gotcha. And I guess sharing their testimony of, of their journey, like since the time they received their results to who they were as adults today and how it really affected them or how it actually did not affect them at all, right? Mm. And I think um, the impact of... Uh, the campaign when it went out was actually I mean we knew that it would be a powerful campaign but I think just the three of us alone like we didn't realise how much it would also affect us emotionally in in, in like handling um, the stories that were okay. coming out yeah. okay. because we didn't vet any caption of course we just said hey you know we, we went around and taking took photos of everyone with their grades yeah. but we didn't know the extent to which like their grades affected them mm. or like how how much they chose to maybe disregard and throw those grades away later as they tried to succeed in life and which they obviously did. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's when the campaign launched and so it's now 2020 and still, you know, we're still working on it. I think this is like a lifelong campaign, you know, we always want to be talking about, talking to our kids and telling them that, hey, you know, you're not, you're not just worth a grade, you're worth much more than that. Would you be comfortable in sharing uh, one particular example that you mentioned that I guess impacted you or perhaps the group? Like you, you, you wasn't, you weren't expecting, uh, like, like when the person shared their PSLE grade, you weren't sure. expecting something like that. Sure. Okay. I won't disclose any names. If yes. you really want, you can go and check out the hashtag Life Beyond mm. Grades, and you will see all the stories for yourself. But one of the stories that really impacted, I think, both me and Sham was a, from a friend of ours, yeah. and we actually see her very often, and she is an extremely um, loving and I guess warm person and we never thought that such dark thoughts would come from someone like that I suppose but Mm. she had a story of when she was um, 12 years old and that when she received her PSLE she really felt that she disappointed her parents so much to the point that she thought it wasn't worth living anymore Mm. and I think hearing that as an adult coming from a friend that also has a child who's also a parent and recognising that that was part of her journey, I think is something that truly affected us because it can happen to anyone. Like you might, it's not just the kid that is struggling in class. It's not the kid that is actually doing really well. It could be anybody yep. in the class because you don't know how a grade or or a comment or just expectations can affect a child, an individual. Yep. And at 12 years old, that age, you're extremely impressionable. You're half of of everything that you know you don't even understand yep. so how can you base your entire worth on a grade mm. yeah if you guys don't mind sharing could you share a little on your own experience with education where be it in Singapore or overseas how you guys perceive education growing up to take you to this point yeah mm, I think another reason why this movement resonated with I think especially the three of us, is because I don't think either of us ever felt like we were really 
top students in school. We don't, not that we felt we really weren't. Oh, far yeah. From so yeah, we weren't. Okay. We were never um, the students that teachers would hold up as an example and say like, "Be like Derek, Erica, and Charmaine. <laughs> okay. We are model students." You know, okay. and it's not because we were horribly naughty. Okay, maybe sometimes we were mischievous to to not be like you guys. <laughs> probably okay. We just had big personalities <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to make up for our little grades. <laughs> no, so I mean, uh, personally, I I don't I don't think I ever. I mean, I did well in certain subjects. You know, I, I'm sure you can identify with this as well. The the subjects that you're interested in, you put in more effort. Yep. So obviously you do better. And then the ones that you're not so great at, you don't put in more effort to do better. You just don't care <laughs> about it. Out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. But I felt like I, I tried my best to not let that define me. Mm. Um, and it and I and I guess I, I still managed to go through life being pretty happy and okay but be, it was because I had the support of my parents mm. you know but then in school like teachers always made me feel like I was like pretty much a failure la, you know so I, I always felt like this, like the education system that I experienced was not a very nurturing and supportive one okay you, you always have like one or two good teachers you know that would make you feel like okay they're they your safe space in school but other yeah. than that like I felt like everything was just so rigid Mm. And like things that I I love to do, um, like be it like drama or art, yep. um, you know, like I those were subjects that were not held in very high regard, mm. you know, and I didn't understand why. I mean, like children or, or people excel in different things, right? So why is it just like the things that are like mathematics and science? Yep. Those are why are those those. Um, study uh, subjects, sorry, valued more than like the creative. They ones. Held up to a pristine standard. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like even um, when it came to like, oh, you know, you're in the lousy class, it's the arts class. Like, what? Yeah, man. <laughs> I've heard of that before. Yeah, What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I, I always had that issue with yep. uh, the education system in Singapore. Uh, so I just felt like it wasn't a place where creative children would thrive. Yep. Uh, but I, I did see that down the road, like improve, slight, some improvements were made. Like, I mean, I mean they did they do have a school of the arts now. And yes. I'm sure that is still debatable because, you know, Teaching the curriculum yeah, yeah. is not perfect. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at least there's that, mm. you know, where like, hey, if you're a great ballerina, you can excel, you know, you have, there, are there is a special school for you. We had none of that last time. Mm. Um, and so I always felt like I was, I guess, underappreciated <laughs> when I was going through okay. school. Okay. Yeah. That was my experience at least with local education system. I mean, for me, I just, I just hate memorizing things. Hate memorizing yeah, things. So okay. like exams, I just, I just, yeah, maybe I have a small hard disk in, in my brain. <laughs> you know, I just can't stuff that much stuff. Gotcha. In my, so I excel yeah. in the current world because I don't have to remember anything. I so you just, come up with things on the fly? No, I can just Google whatever. <laughs> oh, so I thought a little bit too highly of you <laughs> to just Google it. Okay. Yeah, I mean that as well. Like, okay. Your improv skills are not bad. Yeah, as my well, improv is pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty solid. It's called street smarts. Um, yeah, street smarts. Yeah, street smarts. Yeah. <laughs> no, so so again, you know, it's it's it's. I think at at that point in time, school to me was just testing your ability to memorize stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right, and a lot of us are not good at it. Yes. At all. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone in this room struggles with that a little bit at least. Okay. Right. And you know, it, it, but on on the other hand, it's kind of boring. Mm -hmm. if you just if you're just going to a place to memorize stuff, mm. yeah. right? So then then there's no deep like passion 
or in deep interest. Or understanding. In or oh, understanding. Yeah, I'm true. just like such surface level. So this is a yeah. true story. I, I in in JC, I raised my hand once, and okay. it's a C mats. If you if you've what not, is C mats? It's the it is the most. <laughs> There's A mats, normal yeah. mats. This is this is ten times worse. It's okay. C is for chim. Yeah, it's chim. <laughs> no, really. chim no, but, but anyone out there listening, you know, who's done C mats, you know what I mean. It's, okay. It's, it's really, 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 really complicated. Oh, that's what it stands for. Complicated math for real? It's complex maths or crazy maths or something. (laughs) No, but the the solution to a maths question, right, is is the whole whiteboard. Okay. Okay, Whiteboard. It's that. The whole whiteboard. The teacher writes it on the whole whiteboard. Okay. So I asked asked my my C-Maths teacher, hey, like, you know, in the working world, when am I ever going to apply this? (laughs) He couldn't give me an answer. He sent me out of class. Wow. You asked the wrong question. Difficult yeah. question, question. You I, I think I mean I mean <laughs> you get applauded out? <laughs> no, I mean just, What? Yeah. I okay. mean, I'm surrounded by people who like to memorize stuff, right? So I'm I'm not I'm not part of this crowd, right? Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. I mean oh. I think it's worth mentioning also that Derek is from one of the elite schools in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think maybe surrounded by people who didn't want or were afraid to challenge the status quo, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, probably more for Derek than for Erica and I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but 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 the point I'm trying to make is that that is, is that I didn't feel a sense of passion and a sense of interest in that. Yeah. But when I went to university, I was I was purely I was one of the top students in in in, in my uni, right? In mathematics. No, in, in <laughs> oh, just in uni. In uni. Okay, in gotcha. Business. business um, okay. In my cohort, right? Mm. Top ten percent, top five percent, whatever. But it's, it's because I was interested in it. Yeah. And because it's not about memorizing stuff, I like yeah. to present, I like to write essays, right? You know, there are, there are, there are further skills than, yes. than, than memorizing shit. Yeah. That's my first vulgarity. The first <laughs> wow, vulgarity so mild. Yeah. Shit is vulgarity. <laughs> what, what, what era are you guys from? Oh, okay. We had children. <laughs> okay. Our gauge are children. Just a, <laughs> it's just an introduction. It's PG for <laughs> four years old. No, but yeah, I mean, that's... that's, that's um, I, I, I do think that um, if you're interested in something... It, you will, you know, you will be passionate about it. Um, currently, or back at during our time, we we didn't have much avenues to pursue our interests, and it was almost, it was almost wrong to say that I like dance, I like arts, I like. How long ago was, was this? Was, was that? <laughs> hey, <why>? Just <laughs> curious. Yeah. I mean, we're all the same age. Yeah, we're all born in 1983. You can yeah. do the math. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we all graduated yeah. from secondary school in 1999. Yeah. Yeah. 20 okay. Years. Yeah. Okay. It's been, yeah. It's been 20, 20 plus years. Okay. Yeah. 20 years. So two Memories decades, are fresh two as hell. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, so for Derek, uh, just to sidetrack a little bit, for Derek, um, you say you excelled in uni, mm-hmm. and in JC, you maybe didn't excel as much. What do you think on hindsight was the difference? Is it uh, just because I, you had freedom and you had interest in it? Yeah, interest. Okay. It's purely interest. Okay. Um, interest as well as scope, scope? and agency. What, what, what do you mean by school? Because, for example, in uni, you can choose your essay topic. Okay. You can write about whatever you want, right? You can, you know, you can, you, when you're doing a presentation, you can present however you want. Mm. But you don't have this kind of agency, or we didn't have this kind of agency back in the day because we were just memorizing some stuff and writing it out. Yeah. Right? Regurgitating. So you're just regurgitating. regurgitating. I find that act a pointless sort of exercise. Okay. Mm. And I, I don't, you know, I, I don't will it on my children at all. Mm. So a good example of how I don't, to this to my children is that I heard from Eric that um, they have to you have to learn 100 words yeah, at sight, primary one sight words what so, is words so sight words are words that are like sat, cat think like basically words that kids can break down phonetically okay. and they have to know 100 basic ones when they enter primary one 100 <laughs> is a lot for a little which kid is, which is crazy right yeah. you know? and, and it's yeah. not by the end of primary one it's, it's when, start, you start when you start primary one you Whoa. already have to be yeah. able to read and that okay. is that is now in 2020 so obviously when we entered primary one this was not the prerequisite so as the years go on, 
kids are going to be required to know more and learn more. or understand even more before mm-hmm. they even enter primary one. Okay. Yeah. So you okay. So yeah. so this is this is a difference between between that. This that kind of thinking, yeah. great focus thinking. Yeah. Oh my goodness, 100 words. Where are these 100 words? Can I get Can I get someone to hack the computer of the MOE to find these 100 words so my kid can memorize these 100 words? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Versus, interesting. how do I make my child learn to read? Mm. What are the you know the phonical skills that that a child can learn? Mm. Like make it cat, fun for them, bat, yeah, that you know it, it's all it's all the process, right? Yes. Yeah. So, and and in learning that skill. Your child can read anything, not just this one hundred words. Yeah. So is this is this, there's a difference between these two forms of thinking? Yep. Right. Back in the day, we we're just we we're just memorizing stuff. Yes. And then oh, this is just for the exam. Why for the exam? Oh, I want to get a good job. You know. And then you know that's the discussion we have yes. after this, right? But 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 today, because you don't have to memorize anything because of Google. Right now, my phone, mm-hmm. I can tell you anything in the world, any basic fact. I can, we'll I can test that later. Yeah. 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 How fast can you? Who's the fastest? <laughs> Although the reception, the, all the reception in this studio is not so good. <laughs> not <laughs> we don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> No, but but you see, it's it's yeah. the world has changed as well since we were growing up, and yeah. and and moving so forward, much. it's so much more digital. It's so much you know, there's automation, there's all this you know, yeah. all this stuff, right? And yeah, you know, the world's knowledge at the tip of your fingertips. Why do you need to memorize all these things for an exam? Mm. It's a pointless exercise to me. You just so, have to ask, hey Google, <laughs> yeah. how yeah. do I spell thought? Exactly, because that's exactly what. I mean, it's m- more important. My daughter did the other day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's important. It's more important, like Derry is saying, how, like, how to apply it, right? You want to learn a skill that you can apply to different areas of life, not just memorizing. And if it doesn't show up in the same exact form that you memorized, yeah, then you suddenly are lost when actually you're not. Like you actually know it, mm. but the muscle that you were using to understand what you were reading or seeing or learning wasn't quite the right muscle. So, I think, I mean, okay, to, to MOE's defence, or the to school, MOE's defense, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. or to the school's defence, the way that they do test the kids with these hundred sight words is not that they show like crazy flashcards. Like, you know, you've seen those YouTube videos, right, where they flash freaking babies. Yeah. I haven't had the, the privilege <laughs> of looking at that. Yeah, but you're yeah. not missing out. You're not missing out. Okay. Pointless exercise, by the way, yeah. Harris. <laughs> so, so, what do they do in such videos? So, basically, there are hundred flashcards. Okay. And parents literally flash them like a second right each flashcard goes goes up every second yeah. to like their children from the time they're, babies, they're like babies, not children. six months yeah. old yeah. wait what six months like as soon as they can sit up they're like <laughs> flashing it to the babies to affect their subconscious or, or what I don't know I, I actually it's, have no, it's, it's pseudoscience actually okay. It's, okay. It's, it's, okay. It's, it's, it's it's to I have, imprint I, I read the a book, words right, in their it, it doesn't work it's, just, just, <laughs> anyway, just drop it I, okay. I really have stop not, spending your money guys if, if you watch it you will be slightly freaked out okay. hence I never went down the route to even find out what it was yep. Um, and ignored it but basically they they give the 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 primary one students these hundred words in a form of a paragraph so you're meant to kind of read it like a story yep and if they basically can't read the hundred words then you know not all, not all hundred, right? It's if you if you actually if you cannot read five, it's yeah, considered bad. Reading. You can't read five. <laughs> yeah. like, so okay, yeah, ninety-five percent pass. Yeah, ninety-five percent is considered pass. Mm. Okay, so if you cannot read more than five, means you you're not up to the standard, yeah. so to speak. So and you fall to a lower tier. Okay. You have to go for like remedial, reading class. Yeah, reading this class. This is P one, right? Primary one. So, so what you just have it? to remember that they're six seven. years old. Six. Oh, six. Because, because, yeah, so so and if you and year. if you think about it, some children might have just turned six in freaking December. Mm. So they're like babies expected to like know these hundred words, right? So mm. I mean the expectation is just very high. But that being said, depending on what school you go to actually they do provide tools and like, I guess, um, 
not extracurricular because not extracurricular because you do it within the class session, but they help the child to cope and like basically catch up quickly to the reading. And they're quite fair in in the sense of like they do consider how old your child is. The, at the moment that they're reading it. So if obviously she just turned six, then her reading level doesn't actually have to be as high as someone who yep. is already seven, for example. Yep. Um, I guess to answer your question on like how I felt about the school system growing up, yep. like I was lucky to receive local school, like be part of the local school system, but also study abroad for a bit. Where in particular? I studied in Australia, so in Uni Melbourne. Yep. Same as you, right? Actually, right? No, in, in Melbourne, yeah, I'm Monash. I was in Melbourne as well. Gotcha. Yeah. And and then I also studied in Boston, in Boston College. And even in the two universities that were abroad, their methods of teaching vary quite a bit. Um, like Derek mentioned before, like in Singapore, in the Singapore school system, as long as you can memorize, you'll probably be okay. Mm. I think my memorization during primary, I mean like in primary, primary school and secondary school was quite decent. Okay. So like, I always was like cruising. I was never a top student, but I was never that poor. Yeah. I was definitely stronger in the arts, but because I knew in my school, which is CMA Sham school, that like, <laughs> you know, art students were, like the way that they separated the the classes were like the top 40 girls would go to the pure science class, mm. get the best teachers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Next 40 girls go to a sub-science class. Next 40 girls, so there were two sub-science classes. And then the last 40 girls, not necessarily because they were overall slower, but maybe their grades were not as evenly, yep. um, I guess, first, yeah. yeah, as the sub-science girls, they were in the arts class. So that was me. Even, okay. if, even if they scored well, like, and I was better at arts, but because, like Sham was saying, like, I don't know, there's this weird stigma. You don't really want to be in the last class, mm. but you also feel like you can't really um, play to your strengths because yeah. it's, it's not seen as... It's kind of embarrassing or yeah. a little shameful to a certain um, degree. Not so much shameful, but... I think when you're that young, you just you just try your best not to like fall behind. Mm. And for some weird reason, they plant the seed in your mind that hey, if you're in the arts class, means you're behind. So I think I just tried to not be in that, that 40 girls, yep. even though I think I probably would have thrived better mm. there. But anyway, fast forward to like university. When I went to Melbourne Uni, I for the first time realized that none of my memorization skills was going to help me at all. So Interesting. In the, in the first semester, I failed all my subjects. And, mm. I, and I was a pretty good student in poly. And even in poly, I could memorize stuff and get away with it. But my lecturer literally wrote on my, on my test paper, circling all the things that I had regurgitated yep. and memorized or lifted or quoted off yep. like textbooks. Yep. And he said, but what do you think? Literally written red across my essay paper yep. and with a fail. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean what do I think I'm not supposed to think I'm not supposed yeah, I made you write the textbook I was like you asked you asked yeah. me so I tell you but mm. that was not what they were asking of me so for the so in that first term I suddenly had to like recalibrate my brain you know and the way that I was sitting in class I was not meant to take notes as they were telling it to me but it was trying to tell me to think about what they were saying in the perspective of where you are in your world yep. surrounding you. How does this affect you? Like mm. that was what they were asking me. Yep. And it took me like one full semester. So two semesters feel. Then in the third semester, I don't know, something clicked in my brain when I was like, oh, I actually have my own opinions and mm. this is how I have to share it. And I support it with my research, but the opinion is my own. And, and then I started to score. And then 
that was when I realised, hey man, I've been freaking learning things the wrong way my whole life. And I knew, I think from then on, I mean, and now that I have kids as well, I realise that it's more important for them to understand it internally. And like, we have this weird way of separating your brain and your heart in Singapore's education system. Also. I just feel like, like Derek said, you know, and this is obviously saying, talking about the times that we were growing up, because I think that the system is changing slightly. Um, but when we were growing up, it's like, we just had, it didn't matter if you thought arts was your subject. It mattered more if you could score in a math subject, for example. Mm. It's like something that you could exercise. Like So they were more interested in how much your brain could store versus how you could connect your passions with your knowledge. And and I feel like in university, they try to do that because obviously you pick your stream. They give you the knowledge, but you're meant to kind of piece it together yep. so that you become a human being that can basically <laughs> be activated. <laughs> in a, being, in, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because we're not robots. Like... If we were a computer, then yes, our brains would need to function at 100% at the rate all the time. Yes. But we're human, so we need to, we need soft skills, we need EQ, we need creativity, we need, even problem solving doesn't come from, from the mind, it comes from the heart because it's, what is your intention when you're trying to solve a problem even? Mm. So I feel like in university, I was able to recalibrate. And then when I went to, to Boston, I remember I wanted to be part of a class I think it was like South American history, something quite okay. random. But the first lesson was like a test. And I was like, oh, die. You know, Asian students, like when they see a test, they just feel like, oh my God, I have no, to. I sometimes feel this is my time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, it's true, man. Asian students are just good at studying, okay? <laughs> where where but, do you think that, that, that notion comes from? You know, I don't know. We, we Because I think of our upbringing and really for, for the Asian way. Asian students or... Oh, because, I mean, Derek has shared with me some of his experiences <laughs> in uni and about how some other Asian students yeah, would, would not, not pull their weight. So do you think it's Singaporean students? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think Singaporean but students. But I think I mean, it's, it's because possible, of the education you know? system in Singapore. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so rigid and yeah. disciplined. And there are definitely pros to that as well. Yep. Yeah. You know, just, okay, I mean, we, we, I talk about this, like, exams and memorizing. I, I, I'm not, and I, I, I have a, passionate hate for it but it's not all bad right that's a great way to check whether you're yeah, it's you know, a good way hey to man. check things yeah. you know it's great um, it, and having you know a big hard disk allows you to store more information in your brain store more you junk store more stuff <laughs> that you can pull out and yeah. wow random people on the street right things like that so it's it's all good yeah. but the point of, I think the point that we're trying to make is that if your whole, whole focus yeah. is Correct. on that exactly. and excelling at that and you're just yeah. chasing is, that is that the only if that's the only thing you can do then you know, perhaps in a world where the computer and the AI is going to take over and, mm. you know, all do all these random, you know, menial tasks, right? Maybe you need to rethink about, you know, what's, yeah, what's, and, what's up in the future, right? And, and I think the point of, of my story too was like, what was the test used for? So my test was actually a map quiz. It was not even a freaking difficult test, but obviously I'm not familiar with every single South American country. So mm. I only got three, correct? I think like Argentina, Chile and Brazil. Because you can already <laughs> see it, right? Football. Yeah, correct. <laughs> not bad. So, but, but when I got my test results back, like the response of the teacher, I think was what I suddenly realised what tests were meant for because she said, who is this person? Erica Lee. And I was like, oh, it's me. And she was like, you only knew three countries in South America. And I thought she was going to tell me to like, get out and leave the class mm. because in, in a Singaporean classroom, yeah. I thought like, 
Confirm yes. yeah. Usually out yep. But she said like You you need to be in this class So that you You will understand And you will learn About South America So you see The, the purpose of her Damn. test Exactly <laughs> to find out The purpose of her test Is to find out where you are yeah. So that she can help you And that is a teacher to me But in a Singapore system Unfortunately The one that I grew up in Was like If you didn't score At a test It was Oh that means you're a bad student mm. How come it's not a reflection On how the teacher is not like teaching You know you Teaching you well <laughs> and That you cannot get 100% so, no, but you know what? When you come home, then, oh, you're a worse student than, than oh, the comparison. The comparison. <laughs> and hence, you're a lesser human being yes. than this other boy that okay. tests better than yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sucks, so. right? So a lot. But I think I think life beyond grades is also responding to that mm. that phenomenon in which you know you know Chinese New Year, right? Like it's all that, that famous comparing questions comparing of, yeah. <laughs> um, grades and jobs. How many? Do you think a lot of this? Or let's let's expand the conversation a bit like a lot of this pressure that let's say children are facing it's twofold from parents I would say threefold from parents the education system and the children themselves yeah. well, I mean, okay this is a pragmatic response to, to the scarcity that is Singapore the right? scarcity so it's in Singapore we're always thought that only a bunch of people get to go to triple science only a bunch mm. only a small bunch of people get to go to JC yep only a small bunch of people from there get to go to uni. I've definitely uni. heard that before, yeah. And in uni, only a very, 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 very small yeah. amount of people get to go to medicine. The, 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 the filter and the funnel gets it's a funnel, smaller and right? smaller, yeah. Same in the army, right? Only a small amount of people get to go to OCS. But nobody right? want to go. <laughs> you know, so, so there's this, that in, in our minds, right? Like, like the top is always scarce, right? Mm. So then, then there's this pressure. And then as, as, as a parent, obviously that is quite important. So you can't blame people for 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 thinking this way, right? Yep. And if test results and exam results are that one way to, you know, enter the funnel, mm. right, in that very scarce position, then I'm going to go every I'm going to go for it. I'm going to I'm going to yep. get I'm yep. going to make sure my kids are going to all the tuition, all the So know. it's coming from a place of well uh, It is for yeah, sure. Coming, so you yeah. don't uh, we, I mean, we don't want to blame anyone for for just want what's for best one, for your children. To focus on that. You yeah. want you always want what's best yes. for your children. Right, but then I think at the, and on the flip side, we have to accept that not everybody has a big hard disk mm. and a big and a big piece of RAM, <laughs> like a president scholar, <laughs> right? So anyone who's ever interacted with a scholar, you would you would admit, wow, these people they have more RAM and more hard disk space. <laughs> than could, you, could you elaborate the experience? I've never had the pleasure okay, of so yeah, my, talking to a my, president scholar. <laughs> my um my CEO in the army was a president scholar. Okay. Right, and then when you talk to him, right, and you you are in him in the planning room, you see, right, that his brain is huge. He, big brain, <laughs> big brain on this guy, this bro. Like damn, like I can never be like that. Right, you can be the thumb driver. Yeah, I can be the thumb driver. No, mobile, mobile. Yeah. I can never be like that. Mm. You know, but a lot of people don't admit that. They think that oh, just because I I get you know I get uh, these good grades because I mark my ass off and yeah. and and, mm-hmm. and got these grades, right, means I'm going to be like him. No, cannot. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, it's it's. I don't think it's genetic or whatever but there's just a difference between a certain type of person like like those people and yeah. a certain type of person like me so and it comes with uh, an understanding exactly. as well of your, and your an capabilities yeah. and an acceptance. acceptance so there are a lot of parents they see this they cannot tahan right yeah. how come how come uh, how come he can you cannot yeah, yeah. Yeah. How come you can you cannot huh? how come how come this one go raffles you cannot right so then that creates this whole you know, this whole culture yeah. in which we place some people on a pedestal mm. and the rest of us are hopelessly pathetic or Mm-mm. hopelessly useless yeah. compared to him right and then you know this whole thing this whole cycle went crazy bad shit you know <laughs> up till maybe quite recently when when we started making changes to to the the, the curriculum and, yeah. and the system right yeah. you know it, it became this whole this whole obsession right 
Obsession and is a good word. Yeah. It's an obsession. It is, yeah. And so, in knowing that, to me, in knowing that not everyone can be like this president scholar, right? Um, as a parent, right? And this is something we say in Library on Grades. Like the people, kids will come home with, with bad grades from time to time. But you as a parent can react to it in two different ways. Or a few different ways, actually. Mm. But there's one way where you chastise why you not doing why you never do anything why 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 you never do or you never try as hard as this guy mm. and why why you not as clever as that guy or look you tried your best great so maybe now you can learn from it right then what what didn't you do well at what you know so you you can treat failure with compassion or you can treat failure with with absolute like you know driving it you must go for more tuition mm. which is the which is the which is the solution that a lot of a lot yep. of people you know came out of their toolbox right yep. it's, it's not you know so I think the world is changing as well um, we're seeing um, you know with, with this library on grades um, movement we're seeing people kind of realise like, you know what like we all now know that um, you know that that grades is not the only indicator of success okay like, we all want success for our kids and success for ourselves but if you only measure you know, success, you know, use grades as the only metric for mm. success, then I think you need to rethink about, you know, have a few thoughts about, rethinks about, you know, whether that is true or not. Mm. And I would say it's not. I'm particularly curious about your opinions on this uh, topic that sometimes in, as a parent, as you guys are all parents, when you guys deal with your kids, do you think some of it is a reflection of how your parents dealt with you and it's very difficult to come to terms with that and you guys have to meander away from that? How much, how, have you guys ever thought about something like that? As, we, as in, have we ever thought about how similar we parent yes. our children to how our parents like parented you, us? Yeah. Yes, because yeah. like sometimes you say things your, mouth, you're like, your mother comes out, my you mom know, that happens yeah. very often. Because <laughs> I think fundamentally in psychology, if, if yeah. these are the things you're not aware of, it will come up because okay. when you are growing mm -hmm. up as a child, you, you do take in a lot more Mm -hmm. things that you might not even be aware of. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just particularly curious, as you guys are dealing with your children, uh, Derek was talking about chastising or approaching it with, I think, grace and I think love. Mm -hmm. It is a balance, isn't it? Like, how how do you uh, find that balance between how do you communicate and all these complex topics, like you wanting them to succeed well, and not disciplining them too much, but still wanting to push them and still telling them, hey, it's okay. Yeah. I feel like discipline is not a question though. Like uh, we, I still believe that discipline is something that's fundamental. Like all of all of us, even children, mm -hmm. like need to learn. So it's not about because even getting the grades, like literally, or rather, discipline is not. It doesn't equate to grades actually. Like having having discipline means like knowing that there's a time and place for things, right? Like right now, okay, after dinner, we got to sit down and we got to do a couple of like pages of homework because it's. It's as as a student for Zola now, for example, like this is your duty. This is what you're meant to do. Mm. And obviously, the, the point is to not make it so that she hates it, but at least she she enjoys the process of learning something. Because the thing about kids is that they actually love learning. They actually love to find out new things. But once they go to school, that forces them to just not ask questions. Uh, just memorize, just learn because I told you to. Mm. Just do it because this is how you're supposed to. Then that joy or interest and curiosity that they have when it comes to learning like dies yep. and then nothing else becomes fun but like I think discipline is good because then they, they realise that they can't just freaking play all day and then expect to come back with good grades like it's you still have to put in your effort you still have to hey say hey okay you know what I didn't get 
I didn't do so well for this because you know what I freaking spent like half the time playing the playground so maybe if I uh, just sit down a little bit more with mom and go through her your things here gosh I hate things here by the way but okay so <laughs> sit down with your things here yeah Chinese spelling okay. that's moss here yeah moss here you erased it from your yeah. brain yeah. delete it from your brain yeah. I deleted yeah. it from my brain until Zola went to primary one I was like oh, it's back to haunt me <laughs> yeah but you know I think these are things that kids just have to learn and and I realised that I also had to be firm with the discipline because I I when she first came back with her first things yeah, like I tried to recognize that not all kids learn the same way, right? Not all kids can look, practice the right thing, do it three times, and then it goes into their brain. Zola is like a very interactive child. She needs like a freaking song and dance so that, you know, she can like memorize things. So mm. we went downstairs, we made games, I freaking created stations, and like this station Whoa. was this word, this station was the other word. But That's then I realized yeah. awesome, but it's <laughs> not sustainable, man. Gonna, <laughs> okay. Gotta do that every day. It's awesome, but it's not sustainable because yeah, things so here every time week. And Mm, when yeah. Zola is 16 years old doing her O-level so I just said that that entire state so yeah, mom, I, I need to go down to the playground I made a game for myself to yeah. so, for you know if she came and she told me that I'll be like by all means please go. Yeah. because because just, that's just who she is So mm. I, and I just realised that okay this is not sustainable so as fun as it was for her to do that she does have to learn to exercise some discipline and just sit down for a little bit and Maybe for, for Chinese, it's going to take longer. If you want to get a good grade, you have to stay for longer. And we have had conversations where she's like, I just don't want to do it anymore. I'm like, okay. So if you don't want to do it anymore, then you just have to be prepared, pre- be prepared that you might not get like full marks. Mm. And I'm okay with that as long as you are okay with that. So if we're all okay, then let's all go and play. Mm. Yeah, and I think giving ch- children that choice and them understanding there's a consequence then they get it because like the next time Zola came home with not such a good grade she was like oh I need mommy I need to do it now and it's like a day after she already went through things here but she's like hey you know I want to I want to do better the next time so now she's like damn on about it which is actually very painful for Created me Created intrinsic motivation but, <laughs> but that's the thing it's like I still have to see it as a as a win it's like okay you know what at least she's interested to try and do better and to me that is what is important it's not because it's the expectation is not mine but then now like you said everything is a balance I just need to tell her that hey it's okay to not get it right you mm. know not get not not uh, rather it's okay to still not get all right even yeah. though you you tried so hard because like like Derek says like this is your best so you should be proud of your best and let's move on you know that's just one test mm. yeah yeah, but I think what, like what you were saying just now so the like the pressure doesn't just come from the teacher's and us as their parents but it comes from their peers in school as well interesting yeah and I think they realise that when they don't do something properly like say for example they don't she, Charlie our oldest if she didn't put enough effort into a particular project like an art and craft project yeah. and she goes to school and she sees that her friends have put in a lot of effort then she feels mm. embarrassed you know and then she'll be like next time we need to do more <laughs> mm. yeah. they, they do realise that like okay I have to keep up as well or if like she she so she has spelling as well. She's only in K two. Mm-hmm. They have spelling weekly spelling every Friday. She has spelling. Is that normal? Um, I I don't I think know. So it is. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, okay. My, my, okay. I'm, I'm a first time parent as well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So she's our first child. I'm going through this right, yeah. but um, she does come back and tell me, you know, on uh, and she's been quite good and and. She says she's got all right. She always tells you all right. No, okay. So she kept telling us like, oh, sure not. Yeah. I get, I got, I knew everything. But when we when we got her 
spelling book yeah. back at the end of the term, you realize, oh, actually, she wasn't bluffing her. She wasn't exaggerating. She really did get most of them right. You right? know, people tend to rate themselves a lot <laughs> higher. <than laughs> than hey, man, confidence people. level. I think high. it's called confidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's great. There were days when, like, she would come home and then I would ask her, like, oh, how is spelling today? And she was like, oh, you know, like, as every week she'll say, oh, I knew everything. But then she'll say, like, oh, but you know, so and so, he or she didn't know quite a few words. Maybe he didn't have time to study it, you know. So they do observe these things in yeah. their friends as yeah. well. And I think that also adds some pressure to them. Yeah. Yeah. But it is about finding that balance, a balance between needing to sit down and focus for like an hour, which is it's in Charles' lot. years, infinity. <laughs> an hour? Yeah, an hour. Okay. An I mean, hour because they, they do have homework and if they have to study their spelling, it takes them time to do it, right? So, yeah. they, you know, so it's about finding a balance on what is the right amount of time to get them to sit down before they go completely blank and like just start zoning out. And when it starts zoning out, what happens? You just zone out. Like literally, you just stare into space. Then there's like, no point. Yeah, it's a <laughs> wall. No it's blocked. Yeah. No okay. nothing. I'm okay. sleeping. Yeah. Okay. And you can't yeah. push them past that point, right? And we have to observe that in them so that we know like, okay, she can only sit down for max 45 <laughs> minutes or something. After that, you have to let them go and recharge and play, you know? So, I mean, that takes time for us also to yeah. observe that, figure it out. And also, we need to put in the time to sit with them. Yeah. And I would imagine, as you mentioned, first-time parents, um, how do you navigate through the perils of parenthood? <laughs> Articles online. What do you friends? mean navigate? Yeah, it's you just, just through. just going on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Figuring this out. As I used to think my parents had a plan, but coming from you, guys. nobody okay, has just, a plan. We just had this conversation. I think a while back, we were like, "Oh my god, remember when we were kids and our parents were like." in their 30s and we thought like wow people in their 30s are so old they must know everything yeah. by now actually it's a lie <laughs> you know like every day you're kind of just figuring it out parenthood is a to be honest I, I read a lot of these articles yeah. okay. and yeah. I read a lot of, we count um, on Derek to tell yeah, us I read a lot of these <laughs> I read a lot of these yeah. things like um, so you increase your memory and your RAM and everything yeah, yeah? yeah. yeah. Derek sends us lots of articles yeah, okay. I, I, I do Erica so, and I speak to our parents like yeah, so our flashcards no use you know, I, I, I know these things right because I, I, yeah. I read them right yeah. so I think as parents these days we have access to a, a lot, lot of more resources, resources. Yeah. Yeah. including friends yeah. Yeah. Yes. so they then, then I think I think this relates to the previous question about how you know you being brought up as yes because our parents didn't have these resources yeah, at all it's true yeah. they have the kino they had the kin. Yeah. And then they, that was their, their, only, yeah. their only resource was their parents yes. who had a bigger kin or a huge belt. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, back in yes. and then their parents in colonial times or whatever, right? Yeah. Like they what they hammer their kids, right? Yes. You know? So yeah. so they only have that one tool in their toolbox. Mm. But right now, right, in 2020, tools. right, <laughs> we have so many tools. All of them not use not even useful because yeah. it's just people trying to earn money from you, right? Yeah. Like flashcards and things <laughs> like yeah. that. Yeah. But Stop it. Yeah, well, I sent something sensitive right there. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I read this fact and okay. people are spending money on it. They need to know. <laughs> it's no use. <laughs> no, but anyway, anyway, we have more of these resources. We have more yeah. knowledge, right? And then it made me realize, like a while back, that this old method of parenting that my my dad and his dad, yeah. right? You know, that, that style yeah. and I mean just in case I mean just, just to elaborate on what style this is <laughs> imagine this very fierce uh, Pranakan man right both my, my dad and my, my grandfather okay. so then they would shout at you they would you know they would they would cane you they would you know they would do all for this. a bad grade or for doing bad work? grades whatever right mm, and getting in trouble bad behaviour whatever right so it doesn't work or it doesn't it, it doesn't necessarily work 
the best. It's not the most optimal way to do things. It is a solution, but not it the best. It is a solution. Yeah. It's one tool, right? Yeah. It's one tool that you have. Yeah. And, you know, perhaps you want to employ it from time to time, but it's you, in, if you do that all the time as your only thing, right, then maybe you're not as good at a parent as mm. you would be. Or you can be, right? So now that we know all these different things, you know, with, with resources online and stuff like that, we, ha- we are actually armed with more of this knowledge to bring up our kids yeah. in, in a different way, in a better yeah. way, right? A more optimized mm. kind of way. So, I mean, that's, that's how I approach this now interesting yeah, yeah. it's a little bit different we yeah. live in a very different era so why are we parenting the same era, mm-hmm. the same but style not, but, bit, but on on the other hand I mean there are people who had parents like that you know who mm. sort of root with an iron fist or yes. big leather belt yeah. and who chose to go the complete opposite as parents so then we have the problem with Helicopter parenting oh, yeah. and snowplow parenting. Okay, so helicopter parenting is the type of parenting where you are basically hovering around your child twenty four seven, never letting them out of your sight. Basically, like a helicopter just circling one okay. person in the middle of a field. <laughs> um, <laughs> but how would that manifest itself? Because the so child has to go to school. The child yeah. will never. Basically, you never want your child to get into trouble. So at the playground. Don't climb so high. Don't go down that slide. You'll injure yourself. Mm. You know, in school, is like, do you have your books? Oh, you forgot your your homework. I'm, I'll bring it to school for you, you know. So basically just trying to make your child's life as easy as possible. Mm. That's helicopter parents. I guess what that translates to is that this child never gets to experience fear or, I mean, or failure so that they don't know how to come back from it. Yeah, because yeah. Like, if someone is always there to save you, then how are you ever going to come out of something on your own? So there's a dependency on the parents yeah. to bail them out of whatever yeah, of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I mean, and this is also another problem that I guess I, the this generation, yeah, this of, generation of, is... of students or graduates are facing because they are the product of this helicopter parenting. Mm. You know, because, because their parents had so much more information and so many more resources to tap into and decided that they were going to use all of that to protect their children as much as possible. And yeah. to so too much was so bad. So yeah, yeah. So too much was so bad. Finding that balance as well, yeah. right? Yeah. With, the, with Derek mentioning about articles and information, with information these days, how do you filter out what is real, what is fake, what is effective, what is not effective? How do you even... F- know where to look how to look for fake news <laughs> fake news but how it's like a different because there's a lot of trash out there mm. as, as we all know um, but but I mean I, I just I just do what I was taught to do in uni right to look for the source <laughs> the methodology of the study of, okay. of the study if it was a study yeah. if no study that means it's nonsense right mm. so it's quite simple it's, it's, that's, that's what I took away from uni la. not okay. <laughs> you know, not, not memorising certain things about World War too, right mm. you know so that, that's 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 I think that's um, a fundamental skill that we need to inculcate in people and, and you need to learn as well anybody needs to learn right it's how especially in this day and age when how to spot fake news or not how to be discerning how to be discerning when yes, something information. is you know, with information <laughs> and not to believe any nonsense trend that you know wholesale mm. Right before verifying that it's, it's actually, I mean, you see this. You just you see this apart from education and in child caring, you see this stuff in a lot of other things, like examples, like health products, mm. diets. Mm. You, know, you know, there's a lot of nonsense that is out there. Passive income. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, what name Imran is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing the game mode actually. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Yeah. So, so it's increasingly going to be 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 that way. Yeah. 
And hence, you know, if we take this to our working world, right? Like, you know, if we believe everything and we apply it to, to let's say, you know, as an agency, you pitch for something and you pitch on faulty information, right? Then, you know, that's not so good, yeah. right? So you need to have this as a skill set. But they don't teach this in school. Mm. Or people don't take that away from school. So, you know, to me, that's... I think it's about skills. There's a lot of skills that I can rattle off here that are more important than, than lots of other things. I think, okay, let, let's, I think that will lead me to two questions. So first question I have is, do you all feel like the education system, not just in Singapore, but in general, is always playing catch-up? What I mean by that is, because it takes a certain amount of time to prepare the academics, to prepare a certain system that is wide enough for everybody to go through. And if you have fallout from students and everything, then you will deal with that after. So to me, it has always felt like an experiment of sorts because education in your time, I would imagine it's very different from my time and it's very different from the people who are graduating right now mm-hmm. and fundamentally when, when your kids go to school. So do you all feel that education is always playing catch up? In a good way, in a bad way, but it is fundamentally going to change what is important is going to change with regards to the skill set. I mean, I mean, mm. I mean, when they say that when you're studying for a degree, right, by the time you graduate, right, like most of the things that you learned in your degree is outdated. I give an example from, I did a marketing degree. Um, what do you study? I'm very, very curious. I have a double degree in marketing and management. Is that like you get bigger paper or two sides? Or what, is, what is that? Just one paper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one, they squeeze into one? Yeah, they cheated me, man. That's... I thought I got two papers, man. But you paid twice the... Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, it was fine. a good deal, so... <laughs> they got a, two they for the, the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but, but, but yeah, so I... Uh, when I was doing my marketing degree, um, there was nothing on social media and digital marketing. This was 20... I graduated in 2009. Okay. Okay, and but that was the year ish yeah. that Twitter, Facebook yes. came up, yeah. right? A good two to three years from there, you know, social media marketing was starting to come up, yes. and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yep. I was wholly unprepared for that in school. Yeah, but if I if I had that attitude that you know what, I, I you know I, I just rely on what I learned in school, then I would not have learned what I have learned to be able to do the work that I do right now, yeah. mm. which everything that I do involves digital marketing or, or social media, right? So you know. If if you didn't if I didn't continue learning, you know, just out of school, right? Or I thought that school had prepared me for work, mm. then I wouldn't be where I am, I am today. Was it daunting though, looking at this this incoming trend of social media marketing, and you are quote unquote underprepared for it because you you didn't know anything about it? Was I wouldn't it say I don't say you would be unprepared because because what I did learn in school in marketing marketing school right was the the, the basis of the basics of. Foundation. The foundation of marketing. Okay. It's just that now it's applied to a new medium. So, you know, you have to learn that new mm. medium. And it's kind of fun, right? Learning new things. So, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think like things like subjects, like topical things will always become outdated yeah. at a certain point in time. According to Derek, by the time you graduate, it will have been, been outdated already. Mm. But I think that there are things that schools can and should be teaching and placing more importance on. Yep. Like, for example adaptability mm. and resilience mm. creative thinking problem solving I mean if you equip children young adults with those kinds of skills those will never be outdated you know and you, you'll be able to apply them regardless of For what you choose to do outside yeah. of school and I think that's why we feel that more emphasis should be placed on things like that mm. you know, to encourage that to nurture that because I, I don't think I had any of that when I was in school yeah. at all 
you know, public speaking is another thing. Mm. So learning, teaching children how to be confident um, is something that is extremely important because you can be super smart. If you go for an interview, you don't know how to carry yourself. You're not confident in projecting yourself or answering the questions. You're not going to get the job as well. Mm. You know, but why is it that that skill is not put uh, not, not put more emphasis on in when you're in school I mean why don't they teach children public speaking or speech and drama and things like that those mm. are things that we had to I guess enroll learn. ourselves in classes <laughs> for outside of the curriculum or learn along the way that that's yeah. actually a skill you needed you know it didn't matter what you knew but if you couldn't express yourself then you don't get a good grade I mean or you don't get a job or you don't get you know yeah. you don't get to move on a promotion mm. yeah. yeah and at the end of the day like we're human beings right like people like people who are personable, who they can connect to. And I think that's hitting the nail on the head with life beyond grades because we're not saying that grades are not important. We're just saying that if that's all you have, you're not going to get very fast still, you know? Mm. Um, And that, like you said, the few, like, Education, so to speak, will always be outdated because once you graduate and you jump into the real world, you realize, hey, actually, nothing that I memorized mm. can be utilized now. So I need to be, I need to quickly be creative and solve the problem and understand. And I think asking the right questions, right? I need to start asking questions so that I can solve this new space or rather navigate this new space that I'm in. And yeah, so that's like what life beyond grades is really about because we all have no idea what the future is going to be like. And especially now, like it's changing so rapidly mm-hmm. that if it takes 10 years for a syllabus to be like signed off or whatever, it's like, hey, too slow already, you know? Mm. Like everything else has changed, so you don't need that anymore. Yeah. We need to be fast learners. We need to be quick thinkers. We need to have good wits, right? Quick with, Be quick with it and... and rely on each other. I yep. think people need to realise that EQ, yep. empathy and kindness is mm. like are big things that kids need to be reminded of. Yep. Yeah. But I think I think the, the, the question is, are these skills able to be taught in school? Or does it wholly depend on the individual, which is the children or the, the, the children going through like primary, secondary, tertiary? Is it wholly dependent on them to figure themselves out? Like you because I I think school can only do so much. Yeah, but mm-hmm. school can definitely help to lay the building blocks for mm. that or to give students, I think, more opportunities to exercise that, mm. you know. But in I, the I think, okay, on, on one hand, it is changing though um, in schools right now. So, yeah. so there, are, there, are, um, there, are, there are parts of class that are outside these curriculum-tested subjects okay. where they have time to do these things. Yeah. And each individual school has a different, um, you know, they, they would focus on a different thing or they would decide that I want to do computing, for example, or I want to do entrepreneurship and creativity, for example, right? So there are different programs. <clears throat> the problem is a lot of parents, <laughs> and I, I've heard, because my friend is a person that organizes this uh, mm. for his school. I think MOE right? has told us this as well. And MOE has told us this as well. Is that they organize these things, you know, you know I mean, it sounds good, right? Like yeah. great life skills and, you know, but there are some parents that will complain, hey, this is a waste of time because it's not on an exam. Puzzling? Yeah. It's so, not an on an exam. It's not an exam. Yeah, don't How do I assess my child? Don't waste no, my but also like don't waste my children's time when they can be studying for exams. Exactly. So they can do better. So you see how our culture still still mm. is in that like, you know, industrial age kind yes. of like 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 thinking where, oh, 
the point of going to school is to get, is to get good grades so I can get a good, good, good result so I can go to a good uni so I can get a good job. I've heard of that before. Yeah. It's wholly pragmatic. It's wholly pragmatic. Yes, mm. you know, I, I don't blame you but mm. you're, you're really just looking at it in very one dimension, in a very one-dimensional way, right? What is the purpose of, of education? What's the purpose of, 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 of learning? Yep. You know, how to learn, you know, all the kind of stuff, right? Yep. So, you know, we're still, we still have a long way to go or maybe not, not that long anymore, but we have a bit of a way to go to, you know, convince these guys that, hey, you know what, you're looking at this the wrong way, man. It's, 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 that there are other things that you should be demanding out of your education system or your education ministry. So it's on the, 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 the parents to have, I guess the openness to, to, to not be, how would I say it? I think the word demand is pretty interesting to demand more from the education system, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, demand it in different ways, right? So I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I don't I, I see this as if if more of us make you know more of these demands, yep. then you know education as a system or yep. as an institution, right? You would hey, let's this you know let's 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 quickly you know let's quickly roll this out, right? Mm. So then it won't have that lag that you talked about, or you know, we we can actually optimize you know our, our learning for all our kids, right? Yeah. In 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 a way that is that we all want, right? So, so with, with the movement that you guys started, um, you guys mentioned briefly that you spoke to MOE. Mm-hmm. How was that uh, experience like? I think it was a very eye-opening experience for us because we realised that actually MOE isn't the enemy mm-hmm. here. Interesting. Yeah, so when we sat down with them, we realised that a lot of our concerns were echoed 100% by them. So they knew all these things and they felt the same way. They, they, they want to change education system. They want children to love learning. They don't want to focus on grades. But they shared with us that a lot of the reasons why things were the way they were were because of us, the parents. Oh dear. <laughs> because parents demanded for that sort of discipline and rigor, uh, unflexibility in the curriculum. They just wanted to know that their children are doing well. And how else would you know whether the kids are doing well if unless they were all tested on the same yep. like on the same um, I guess on the same papers. So yes. Like nationwide, you know, like how my child is faring compared to like the. Yeah, you gotta rank your kids. Yeah. yeah. That's the only quantifiable yeah, the hundreds way. Of yeah. Thousands of other children. <laughs> so that their Chinese year, you can say, you know, my child is number 12 in all of Singapore. Yeah, so like they shared with us the example <laughs> of how I think they tried to take away class rankings. Yeah. So you wouldn't know how, where your child stood in a, in a class of like 30, whether yep. it was like the first in class or fifth or yep. 20th or whatever. They took that away. But then the parents in the class, they would have their own group chats and they would ask each other, how will your child do? How will and they created the table themselves. Oh they dear. figured out the class rankings on their own. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they complained to the school. Like, how are we supposed to know now whether our son or daughter is doing well? You don't tell us. And Sinki don't own Sinki, cannot sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> what what is that phrase? Singaporean... Singaporeans who don't put other Singaporeans down can't sleep at night. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, I learned something new today. Okay. Yeah. So, and 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 the other example <clears throat> is the one about um, taking their children out of extracurricular activities or classes like be- CCAs and everything. Yeah, so that they can focus on grades because if this is not gradable, then you know we don't want to, we don't want it. <laughs> we don't mm. want our children spending time on it. Um, what was the other one? Oh, parents trying to get 
um, MOE to do away with literature because you cannot memorize, you can't memorize an answer word for word for literature. Literature is one of those few subjects you where literally you have, have to, to answer with your own heart yeah. yes. and your own understanding. Your own, yeah. And they were like, why is it even necessary studying text from people who are yeah, long what dead? You, why you want them we to cannot think for score themselves. on these, so do away with it. You know, So completely mm. missing the picture that literature is there to help you understand the world. And yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. It's a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so and even today, when when I mean, I there, there are every once in a while there'll be a exam question in a newspaper, and then people be like, like there be what what there'll sorry? be an exam question posted on on social media. Sorry, not in newspaper. Post, <laughs> someone will take a screen or a picture of their, their kids child's exam paper. exam question, and they'll be like, what the fuck? Because it's so outrageous, or because it's not outrageous at all. It's just one of those no, there's no memorization answer, critical oh. thinking kind I was of questions. Say, but you know, see math. If I will be like, what? Yeah, I don't know. No, it's not that. It's not that kind that you can memorize. It's mm. something that requires critical thinking. And they say it's too hard, but in my mind, this is critical thinking. If you mm. didn't get it right, then... You can't think critically. You can't think critically. <laughs> so what if you don't get it right? You know, you, mm. just, you just have to... You, you might get half the answer that's good enough, right? Mm. And, and then I asked my teacher friends about this and they said, look, the, 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 this, question, this kind of question, they're not supposed to score full marks. It's one of those that... You want to see how you think they, really, they see right? See how you the think process. and then they award the marks um, you know, based on a certain set criteria. But then... You know, there's a whole uproar because people are people are unhappy that they can't they can't get full marks. Can't ace it. Can't ace it. Yeah. yeah. And then you know, it's like, but everybody is put on the same exam. What guys? Like, there's a bell curve. You know, like mm. chill out, right? Mm. But you get so upset that that you know kids will get it wrong. My child will get it wrong. That you know, again, this is this is thinking of things in one only one dimension, right? It's it's just the exam, right? I don't know. To me, it's like, oh, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. Whatever. Right? You're missing the point, you're missing of, the that, the point particular question, of that particular question. Yeah. Because you're, you're using an old mode of thinking, which is yes. what we talked about earlier, to, right. to, to project onto this particular yes. education system. Yes. And it's and, detrimental. Yes. And, but the point I'm trying to make with this is that the education system is changing. Mm. And we has done this work in changing these things. Mm. But, but funnily, us parents are the ones that are being left behind in our thinking mm. and in, 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 in the culture, mm. right? So I think when we when we had the first few conversations with them, we realized even more so that okay, we really do need to have this movement, this life yeah. beyond grades movement, because it's really a mindset change in parents that we need to try and effect. Um, do you think it will, it will require a cultural change? Because growing up, I've always felt that Asian culture in particular, not just particular the, the Chinese, but Asian culture in particular, it's it puts a lot more focus on the group. As opposed to, let's say, Western culture, it puts a lot more focus on the individual. And in these two differences, you can see uh, which, what are the particular traits that the culture would favor. So I, just, just, just from hearing from, from, from what you guys said, I would imagine this would take more of a cultural shift in, in mindset mm-hmm. in thinking and just, just being open in general, being a little bit more, quote unquote, Western and in, in, in viewing something as rigid as education. Would you guys would you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean I I'm we definitely knew that this wasn't something that we could change overnight, mm. you know, with one campaign. Mm. That's why Erica said we realized that life beyond grades is something that we are in for the long haul. Um but I think it was just giving other parents who maybe f- felt the same way as us but never dared to speak up about it or never felt confident enough that this is how I should be parenting my child. Mm. Um some reassurance that they are not alone and encouraging more parents to come on board as well. Um, how, the, how has the, the, the support been or criticism been just 
from the past, I think, two two years. Yeah. Not gonna lie, there was a lot of criticism. Yeah, a lot, a lot of backlash at the start from parents. Funnily enough, yeah, a lot parents. of the backlash was directed. <laughs> At us as individuals, as individuals yeah. Um, <laughs> so people are focusing on us and our backgrounds, and then missing the the bigger picture. But then there was also a lot of support for it, support that goes on till this day without mm. us having to be posting every day and mm. reminding parents about it. So I do think that we have changed some minds, and that if we continue to talk about it, yeah. then there'll be more minds that we can change. And I don't think we can change the entire Singapore. Like, yeah. You're never going to be able to change 100% of, of people's minds. But I think if we can change one or two, I think we're happy with that because that means that there are some children that are benefiting from this and yeah. hopefully that number grows. Mm. Yeah. yeah, And I think at the start when I was saying that we were not like in a way prepared for how much the campaign would affect us, I guess... Because for me, I saw it as such a good thing. Like, surely everybody will see that this is a great mm. thing. Because we're taking pressure off everyone who has worked so hard for yep. a great, but then not realizing that actually some people are quite sensitive about it and like we're still and still subscribe to the fact that yes, you know, good grades should be merited and like that's the person that needs that gets to move forward in life basically. So I think at the start when the campaign launched I was very affected personally by like also the backlash and like I think even some friends personally who messaged me and asked like questioned like why would we start a campaign like this for example right but I actually realised that the most important thing about that campaign was that it caused people to talk and it caused people to discuss about how PSLE grades make them feel and how um, whether today it affected their lives or not and I would also get people messaging um, the Life Beyond Grids um, account itself and saying like, hey, you know, and this is like weeks after the campaign yep. would be launched and they were like, you know, we still talk about it at dinner and like, you know, this is what we, we thought about today. And so we realised that the conversation at least has started to to roll and it's begun so that maybe in the future, like, like Sham said, I don't think it'll ever be uh, like we'll convince everyone that mm. this is really the way to go because there will be a group of people that actually function well in that, in that space. Yep. And obviously, this campaign might come across like it's a campaign for the underdogs, right? <laughs> who like, mm. you know, who, who basically just grew up a little bit different from yep. what the system expected of yep. us. So, I think the most important thing with this campaign really is that there's a conversation. And I think when it comes to nurturing a child, it really is a partnership. So, I think parents have to work together with the schools and MOEs so that we can nurture human beings that are going to be good citizens of this world, right? Versus just a student that can score well or like someone who is just 100% kind. Like, hey, you can be smart and kind also, you know? It doesn't mean like it's mutually exclusive. So I think like we, like as parents, we can't just expect the school to do everything. Like we play a part mm. too and vice versa. Like the school also can't expect parents to, to in a way to, to, to just be teaching children like, the soft skills, like yeah. they need to include it in, in yeah. their curriculum too. So when, when Derek was also saying that MOE is changing things, like Zola is in primary one and she has this lesson called Form Teacher, FTGP, Form Teacher Guidance Program. And it's half an hour a day in a week or something like that. Okay. And what happens in this class is that she has this book and this last or two weeks ago was the first time she brought home the book. And the first page was like she gets to write down um, or rather, she passes her book to her friend and her friend gets to choose how Zola, my, my daughter, makes her feel. And so she... Cho or what, what she thinks about when she thinks of Zola. And like, so her friend wrote happy. So Zola basically makes her think of someone who is happy. Yeah. And then 
she returns the book back to Zola and Zola basically gets to respond to that. Like, oh, how does that make me feel that I make my friend happy? And there's some sort of like mental health awareness basically mm. going on here because little kids are starting to like recognize that, hey, you know, like I have feelings, my feelings matter. It affects the next person. I get to respond to that. So I don't have to keep everything to myself. Yep. And like she she basically came home and also did that exercise with us and we got to write down on a page like all the things that we loved about her and then she gets to respond to them and say like oh this is how I feel that mm. you know Ari thinks I'm fun to play with or mommy thinks I'm creative or daddy thinks I'm sweet like, and these are things that build a child as well and the fact that she's doing it in school shows her that there is no separation between what we're trying to do at home or in school we're trying to build you up as a person in school and at home and it's everyone everyone who is in your life loves you and wants you to grow up and to be someone who is healthy basically I think the mental health of children is very interesting I want to go into that but I think before I go into that particular segment um, I have one question for across for for everyone what do you think is the role of the parent is it to to provide because you were talking about helicopter parenting and different Mm -hmm. parenting styles but everything comes from a place of wanting the best for your child so what, in your opinion, is the role of a parent? I think for me, the role of a parent is to love. Okay. Because you are one of the few people in their lives who can and should love them unconditionally. Mm. And loving doesn't mean clearing the way for them so they never have to experience hardship, but is knowing when to support and encourage them and then also be stern and discipline them. Mm. So I think that that unconditional love is all-encompassing about what a parent should be for their child. I mean, because I, I, I mean, that's what I learned from my parents, right? They, they were always there for me, which meant that even if I failed, they would be there so that I knew, I knew that I wasn't alone and I wasn't a failure. Um, but they were also there to help me learn from those mistakes. And that could mean grounding me for two months, <laughs> mm. you know, which has happened many times. Yeah. yeah. Um, or it could mean trying to work with me to find the best sort of help. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So, and then obviously, then loving obviously comes with like then celebrating all their strengths and their weaknesses too. But so, yeah, that would be my answer. Derek? <laughs> <laughs> so thinking. Um, for me, I think the role of a parent is really to to be there too. I mean, I think when when you say love, it really encompasses every every part of what a parent should be. Like you have to be there to nurture them, but you have to be there obviously to be firm when you need them. Like I grew up in a very loving environment, and and I always say this with with my husband too. Like you know, with parenting, it's like you only see your KPIs in 30 years (laughs) like when she's 30 I'll find out if she's like a capable Mm. adult that can fend for herself can you know um, she she has a group of friends that support her because she's a caring person like it it will reflect her upbringing basically when she's 30 like I will really only know for sure then like you Mm. know because if I'm not around is she going to be is she going to be there to, to stand up for herself and to carry on right so but I also felt that my mom was so loving (laughs) to a point that like I felt like I, I could have used some push as well. Interesting. Yeah. So like for me, I think as a parent now that, you know, you're, you're right to say that we parent how with what we know and mm. what we experienced. Mm. So for me, I feel like I, I want to parent with unconditional love, but I also want to recognize when I need to be firm and let her kind of fall a little bit more on her own. And because I know that when she gets up, 
that she will she'll be a better person for it. And I think the the, the other thing is that I realize that my parenting is a partnership is with my husband mm. and I think it's super important because we really balance each other out because there, there we cannot always be a, like both sides all the time sometimes I am just 100% love and I can't see how I should back off so that she can get up on her own interesting but I realised that my husband's there to say like hey let's just see what she does if you don't help her mm. and I think a, being a parent like the role of a parent is to be so aware of how your child responds to you and how and to your, your husband or whoever your partner is mm. in raising the child and then to love them through all those failures but and to love them through all those successes as well. I was reading one of the articles that um, I think you guys shared on your portal and I think a quote really stood out to me. I forgot what the title was, but I think the quote was the inherent paradox of education or of success is that you need... The inherent paradox of education, I think, is you need both success and failures. And... To me, growing up, there's always a binary of what is right, what is wrong. There is no in-between. You aren't taught the in-between because of the education system, because of your parents. And I thought that was particularly interesting. Like, these days, as you grow up, you realise that things are not as binary as education. or Things are not as binary as, as, as um, you are taught to. There is, it's not as oh, black and white. It's not good and evil, but there's a lot of morally grey... Uh, in-betweens that these are the things that it, it's it's difficult to 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 how how would you impart the the idea that it's okay to fail sometimes but it is the the grit of, of the individual that is more important <laughs> how because i would imagine it, it's wholly on yes ex- external sources the parents people around you but i would imagine it's inherently individual individual as well I, I think there's 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 a shift here because yeah <clears throat> from from when we are growing up we were, we were taught that failure and maybe still to an extent we were taught that failure is always not good mm. right so we don't enc- I, mean, I won't say encourage failure but we don't we don't we don't see it as failure is a permissible thing you know it's very it's very all or nothing when when I was growing up um ITE it's often re- uh, referred to as the, it's the end and mm. it's only upon reflecting upon that just like why is it so? It, it's not true. People are still excelling. Yeah. But it's one of those things that I think it, it just lodges in, in, the, in, in the back of your mind and it might subconsciously affect the way you view certain things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, please continue. I mean, definitely. So, so it's... I guess when we have to change this mindset that we have to encourage that failure is not the end of the world. Mm. You're still going to have, you know, as a kid during PSLE or whatever, you're still going to have your whole life ahead of you, whatever that may be, right? And, you know, I know this joke about it's the end and all that, but a lot of, a lot of IT kids, right, they are, they are also in that, <clears throat> that risky space where they've already resigned. This is the end. Mm. There's nothing I can do about it. And while I don't, wouldn't know the struggles of, of, of you know, most of your classmates and all that, you know, having that might having having a society that has you know puts people down just because they failed, mm. right, is wrong at, in 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 itself. So then, as parents, I think you know what, like, we should change this to not not I wouldn't say celebrate failure. That's a very Western mm. sort of a concept. You know, I, in all the articles that I read, <laughs> you know, it, that, that's a, that's a dichotomy between between West and East that yeah. you alluded to just now. But I I think there's something to take away from this is that is that you will fail at some point in your life. The question is, how do you then pick yourself up, mm. learn from the mistakes, um, 
you know, as you said, as that quote said, there's no success without failure, right? So yeah. a lot of people, a lot of times people focus on the very, very successful. Yep. And then they, they, they wow, this guy is, you know, succeed. But they don't tell the story about how, yeah. how he got there. How we got there. Yeah. You know, most of these like, you know, podcasts that talk to these people, oh, wow, you're so good. They never ask like, hey, you know what? I want to invent a podcast about like my failures rather than mm. my success, right? And then can you please tell me about how you fucked up? Mm-mm. I want to learn from your failures, mm-hmm. right? We don't, we don't, as a culture, we don't look at it as something that we can learn from. Right? Because it's not sexy. Not sexy. Yeah. You know, you want to have that celebratory kind of thing. Yeah. You only want to see the, the awards, right? Yep. But then all that hard work behind the scenes that, you know, that person does not reveal, you know, I think that's more valuable, right? So if we take it, if we take this different lens, right, you know, maybe we can we can change the way society views itself and how you know kids and parents view their kids, right? Interesting. Does anybody have any thoughts on that? I mean, I definitely agree because to be honest, if we're just talking about education and grades, like the truth is not everyone is academic and not everyone is gonna succeed this way, like by taking these same steps. Like some people are literally talented and gifted in other things and I guess coming back to the role of the parent and even the education system is to accept to accept that you know and to recognize it it's like actually you're like Sham said you maybe you're an excellent ballerina you just can't grasp the math Mm. right but it doesn't mean you are not a worthy human being it doesn't mean that your life is over it means you need to go to ballet school you need to go and be a dancer that is your gift that's your calling not academia and I feel like the more conversations and the more examples children see of people who succeed in doing the things that they're actually good at and for parents to recognize that our children have different gifts and to feed into that confidence because everyone feels good when they do something that they're good yep. at no one feels good something that they're bad at mm. so why would you force them to do it and the, the truth is that everyone has to go to school and everyone kind of has to like survive it but I think along that path we just as parents because or even the school basically like everyone just needs to remind the child that hey this is school this is what we all have to do now do your best whatever your dream is after you leave school like I am rooting for you and you know what if you want to be good at dance go and after school put in the extra hours go to dance class our school offers dance classes why don't you sign up let me find mm. out for you like as someone who is truly interested in nurturing a human life would do that mm. would just see that person for who they are and realise that look asking them to slam books on their heads is just not working and it doesn't mean that they should you know be, doesn't mean that they're worthless doesn't mean that oh yeah, don't waste my time on them because I have like KPIs to meet or whatever it is and mm. I know it's a struggle for teachers because like you have so many students in a class but hopefully more schools and more classrooms start to recognise that they are as good as their weaker student right so like mm. you know you should you should be there to bring everyone up to the same level but that being said it's difficult because so like you know the a lot of parents after that, didn't like streaming, right? Like, don't stream my kids because, like, why must you, you know, the, the faster people go to a better class. But on hindsight, I do realise that it helps kids who can move quicker, just learn quicker, mm. so that the teacher who is with maybe the, the less quick class can can focus on students that are at, the, at that same pace so that they all can learn versus, like, one getting lost or one getting very bored because, like, they mm. already know everything. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? So it's not an easy balance to strike. But I think... Like I said, we, we need to work in partnership with the school, with the teachers and like wherever you can step in to like help your kids, like I hope parents are able to do that, you know, because it takes time. It truly does. Yeah. I personally feel that education up to a certain point, grades wise, 
you'll reach a point of diminishing returns. Uh. I personally feel that. But I have a very interesting question. Um, I was reading some articles, and do you think that there is a... Education has, has put forth this illusion, or even culturally has put forth this illusion that it is a ticket out of certain economic situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was from all the backlash that we received mm-hmm. when we launched Life Beyond Grades, that was the loudest thing. Yeah. You know, like how, how can you tell uh, parents and children that life, uh, sorry, that grades are not important in life because for many people, that is their only way to lift mm. themselves out of the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think that what we what we said then and we still stand by today is that number one, we never said the grades are not important. We never ever said ever that. Said <laughs> I don't know how these people got that inserted in their brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We ne- we're not saying that grades are not important. It is great to do well in school, you know. And we're saying that there needs to be more to life than that. Because like I mentioned just now, so even if you study really hard and become the top student in your class and you think that, yes, okay, now that I'm armed with this degree, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make a living for myself, a, a better life for myself because I'm going to get a good job. But you don't know how to communicate with people. You don't know how to lead a team. You can't manage. You not, don't know how to be a team player because that was never in a textbook that yep. you could memorize you're not going to be given all those opportunities as well. You know, so Life Beyond Grades is telling you that, hey, besides all these things that you study and you memorize, don't you think that you should focus on improving yourself holistically as a person? Mm. Um, and that is going to actually increase your, chance, your chances of being a successful adult, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's very interesting because improving yourself in the broader sense of the word, mm-hmm. it's not something that's quantifiable. So I think in terms of thinking, like, if education is a quantifiable thing with grades and everything, the notion of improving yourself, it's a big question mark. Because what do you mean by that? Is it learning a particular skill to its pinnacle? Is it experimenting? Yeah. I think it is experimenting. It though. Is. I mean, because life is, <laughs> that is life, right? You, mm. you try, you see whether you're good at something, you fail, you yeah. try something else, you know. And it's that adaptability, actually, that is so important because, mm-hmm. we, I mean, as we mentioned before, so the things you learn in school, they're going to become outdated. And mm. if you are just stuck in that rut and you're like, oh, no, but this is all I learned in school and you don't have that breath to learn more, improve yourself, try a new skill, then what are you going to do? <laughs> so I guess that, that appetite for being uncomfortable is also pretty important. Yeah. Because yeah. if, let's say for... If, if you went to a design school, I went to a design school and all you know is design. Mm-hmm. I think gone are the days, I, I would assume that you can just do design for 30 years, purely design, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine you need a whole wide range of skills to... Mm-hmm. I was One of the previous episodes, I was talking to uh, this illustrator called Mindflyer in Singapore and he is has been working for 30 years. So he, he brought off the term called creative entrepreneur. That's a term I've never heard in school. Mm-hmm. So it shows that even within like a, a, a decade there is a shift that you can't just stick to the books or you can't just do what you have always been doing for the future. Because I would imagine, the, to me, the purpose of education is to prep you for the future. It's not yeah. to prep you for the now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was in design school as well, right? And I, in my final year, I remember we were supposed to do 
uh, submit a, a video project because we okay. major in, in video. But like they tell you that you need to edit it on this particular <laughs> software in school, in the editing suites in school. And in a class of 20, there are maybe like four editing suites. Oh, it's a lot, yeah. <laughs> you know, so if you're the kind of person who is like, oh my gosh, I have to do what my teacher tells me to, I have to be by the book, right? I would have failed because I would have never gotten a slot or I have been staying in school overnight for like two months or something. Oh dear. Yeah, but... You know, if you teach your child to be a bit more self-sufficient and to be to have a bit more initiative, your child, like me, <laughs> think, you know what? They told me to submit this project. It has to be edited. and I'm, So I'm going to figure out a way to pirate like a software yeah. or, and edit it from home, right? And that's what eventually like a few of us in, in class had to do. You know? yeah. We had to figure out a way or like figure out our own loopholes through the system to eventually succeed but if you have like a defeatist mindset mm. and you don't know how to deal with those sort of setbacks which I think is the problem with a lot of actually graduates these days then you're not going to be able to I don't know do well in any field and I'm saying graduates because this is something that um one of the universities in Singapore shared with us <laughs> they they got a lot of feedback that their graduates were doing very well top of the cohort and everything after they left school they were unhirable Oh, because they had no initiative, they weren't <laughs> able to interesting think outside like the box for lack of a better the metaphorical phrase, box. Use. Yeah, it comes back again. You know, so okay. they, their employers would write to the school and say like, "Hey, you what know, doing, what's uh? going on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all Seriously. your students All are coming out crap. and they're, they're mm. useless. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is one of the major universities. Uh. Yeah, it's not. It's only a so I we heard this. <laughs> <laughs> because it's from the school because the schools realized it was a problem a huge problem in mm -hmm. fact they had to come up with like a new compulsory course called mindfulness <laughs> to teach you how to think for yourself oh my gosh <laughs> this is for their their graduating students mm. um, and then I also realized this as an employer because yes. when I was hiring yeah. and I had students from this school yeah we were we didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. They were as good as like the interns that we were getting, you know, but these were people oh. who were supposed to have had work experience yeah. And, yeah, and good grades and whatnot. So leads me to my next point. As employers, what are some of the traits that you look for? It's not grades. <laughs> for sure not I don't grades. Even look Could at you what, repeat that? I don't, it's not grades. I, okay. don't even, I don't even look at what school they're from. I don't even look at what... I, I don't care. Mm. So, I mean, I guess also because we... Are in the creative I mean, we're in a creative field. field so, so. <laughs> Disclaimer. This, no, no, but this this may differ for yeah, various industries, certain industries, yes. But from what I heard, and we didn't. Okay, I mean, but we hire designers as well as mar marketeers, right? Yeah. But even for the marketing team, when we hire, we don't look at their grades. Yeah. You know, it's what is the work experience that you had, be it like your internship or like, you know what what jobs did you hold prior to this, what projects did you work on. I mean, and also like, what are things that you volunteered for? Mm -hmm. you know? What skills you have? Yeah. So to me, the best hire is someone, and this is a true story that has, you know, that has multiple skills, has a degree <laughs> in whatever, right? Marketing or whatever, but can do photography. Or is interested in learning. Interesting in learning photography. Mm. Has user UX UI kind of like you know meddle around with it. Yeah. Knows how to use WordPress. Yeah. Right. These you know I look for these skills right. Yeah. yeah. And this is infinitely more hireable mm. than someone who's got mm. is from some you know, local university or yep. whatever, right? And doesn't have all these skills. So I think the world, I don't know, this is, this is my thinking. I don't know how the rest of the world yep. hires, but I think skills trump yeah. grades. As an employer, I'm curious, like, is self-motivation of the individual 
important. I mean, look, I was if, if this say, person, actually, it's if about this, the desire to learn. If this person yeah. bothered, right, to learn photography, yeah. dabble in a bit of user experience, yeah. dabble in a bit of design, dabble all these multiple skills, yeah. right? Then you know this person is self-motivated. Mm. Don't you think? Because this person bothered to look on YouTube and of how to learn these things. <laughs> yeah. And today, this person presents himself or herself as a very employable person because mm. right off the bat, when this person comes in, right, and I can deploy them to do what you know a few different things, yep. right? So, it, that, so that the fluidness is, of his <laughs> yeah. thinking, his skill sets is equally, perhaps even more important in certain areas of yeah. employment. Yeah. yeah. But would you say, because I would imagine, because um, I think employment or even work, the idea of work is very different for how it was it's a decade ago. Yeah. And I would imagine if if, if someone is is very motivated to do something, it might run conflict with how perhaps a, a certain uh, employer feels, certain employer thinks. So how much leeway as as an employer would you be willing to give, let's say, a certain motivated individual to say, hey, I want to go and learn this for this particular project or I want to start this initiative within the company? Because it is inherently uh, a trait of being self-motivated, being able to take on responsibility and stuff. Is it, does employer, do, 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 do employers have to be open-minded as well is it, because I would imagine back then a decade or two ago it's the boss's word is law whatever the bosses say you have to adhere to a certain degree but I think these days it's a bit more flat you have uh, you, you, you openly encourage an active uh, dialogue with, with the employees you care about their well-being you, you take their ideas you try to implement their ideas so I'm just personally curious I mean for me for me it's I, I don't I, I, I have accepted that I don't know everything about everything mm. Right, I mean, maybe the old school boss from twenty years ago thought he knew everything about everything. <laughs> but these days, it's increasingly not true that that you would know everything about everything because you have access to the internet, and you know, the whole world's knowledge is is right there at your fingertips, yep. right? Yep. So then, I guess, <clears throat> um, you know, complementary thinkings, forms of thinkings, um, opinions, mm. you know, it matters even more these days. So you have to be open to mm. this stuff, whether it matches your company's strategic goals or whatever that's another discussion to have yeah. right but but yeah you should be open and, and you should be 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 you should realize that people that are younger than you and our graduates are how much younger than us are like I mean we are the oldest people we're the oldest people right and I'm not that old right but, but quite far <laughs> <laughs> you guys are not 40 hey, hey not that old <laughs> okay 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 yeah. sorry <laughs> not okay, yet okay. lah give us chance <laughs> But they're at least 10 years younger than yeah. us, yeah. basically. Mm. But they know infinitely more about lots of things. I would because, imagine. Because it's because they have more time to be on the pulse of things. <laughs> That's just all I gotta say, man. Yeah. Like, they know what's cool, they know what's. Yeah. You would have to rely current. on them on what's cool. Exactly. I would imagine. What's current, sure. what's, what's, yeah. you know, what's, in, what's, what's, what's involved. That's right? how we stay young. Yeah. <laughs> you suck your life for you know, <laughs> Being in the creative business and yeah. a designer you're, by training yeah. yourself, yeah. you know, these things come in trends, right? Mm. And, yeah, and exactly. I am a. I'm a you know, 37 uh, year old what do I know about what teenagers are doing right now hey Derek how's your TikTok account <laughs> you see <laughs> no, so I, I, I can't speak for what's, what's out there and yeah. what's current what's so right. it's difficult to speak the lingo of the times la. yeah and I don't even pretend so <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have people who know <laughs> yeah interesting so I would like to end off this session with uh, a, talk uh, a topic which I find particularly interesting which is the psychology of children because we, we talked about in the beginning about suicide rates. Mm -hmm. And I guess doing a cursory glance on YouTube and reading articles, there is an increasing number of, uh, I guess, depression, 
a lot of mental health cases among children, which could be attributed to a lot of things because we are becoming wise to the fact that this is an important factor. So that we so so we put more attention on this, and we realize that there is a whole host of problems. I think what I'm getting at is how how do you as parents navigate this this entire subject of of telling your your, your children that it's in, about mental well being, about how it's important to 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 be strong in the mind, to to just be have strong character, to accept failure, yeah, because. We, we, we already established that it's not just parents, it's not just the education system, but among their peers. So, and the, the, the thing is that if it's among their peers, it's very difficult to, to contribute because they're not around them always. And yeah. who knows what is being said in school? Who knows what is being, I think, we won't even go into bullying, but bullying is a thing. So yeah. how does parents, how, how, how do you all navigate this? I think that first and foremost, your child needs to know that they have a safe space in you. Because I think a lot of times suicide and mental health problems arise when people, not just children, feel like they do not have anybody to turn to, mm. just to talk to. Like nobody that's in their corner, basically. Um, and so I think that establishing very open forms of communication with your child, you know, letting them know that ever, from when they're young, that they can come and talk to you and that you also want to share your feelings with them you know so giving them that opportunity to always be able to come and knock on your door and talk to you I think that is what is really important and that's something that I'm trying to do with my daughters as well Mm. you know not just ask them how they are but also share with them how I'm feeling so that oh you know if mommy and daddy are okay with if they trust me and if they're okay with telling me, then I should also reciprocate and I should mm. feel like I can share things with them as well. So talking to them and then acknowledging their feelings, no matter how trivial we might think it is, mm. uh, I think that helps to lay that that foundation. Um, and yeah, that's something that needs to be done from when they're young. Because suddenly when they're 13, if you say like, yeah. hey, come and talk to me, yeah, you know, like, I'm your best friend, you'd be like, what? Where were you? Yeah. <laughs> but I <laughs> imagine, like, as, as people <laughs> who have having gone through that, yeah, that teenage uh, phase, yeah. I would imagine that there, there would be a period where you will want to distance yourselves away from the, the parent. Yeah. So, so I think providing that, 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 I guess that, the open door, it might be a bit difficult sometimes. But I think if you've always had yeah. that sort of they know the option born. is there they know the oh, option is there and I, I don't mean that when they're 13 years old you still have to be like hey talk to <laughs> me <laughs> yeah. like that's why I say you need space. to be able to observe yeah. them yeah give them their space know when they, you should pull back but also sort of find ways I mean ways when to they get in trouble know. in school then they're gonna come right to build them out here yeah. <laughs> no I mean like my mom was re- really good at that like she would know that she knows that teenagers don't wanna be asked all the time like, hey how you feeling hey what's wrong hey why you like some boy he don't like you see you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna tell your mother this yeah. no matter how close you are yep. to her but so she would just let me know that she was around she would she would write me cards mm. you know and once in a while like she'll pick me up after school and just bring me out for lunch and we wouldn't have to talk about problems per se but she would share with me things that were going on in her life so I knew that whenever I felt like I had to talk to somebody I could 
talk to her like she was there for me. Yeah. You know? So I, I mean, that, so that's something that I bring into my relationship with my daughters as well. Like even if it's just before bed, I just lie down next to them, irritate them, you know, and just ask them how their day was. Mm. Tell them funny stories about me and Derek or work and stuff. Things <laughs> that you would think that a three-year-old would not care to hear, but they enjoy, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think that helps to set that foundation. Yeah, for and I think like Shama was really lucky yeah. to also have a mom that was like that. Like she also would write me cards. It must have been the era of like Blue Mountain cards. Yeah, <laughs> like, they, you know what? They would go to cards. Yeah, they go to cards and buy these amazing <laughs> cards that make you cry. Yeah, and then inside they tell you how much they love you. And I'm like, Ugh. okay, so we were really lucky to have those moms. But, but I think like like Shama was saying, like actually for me, like we do this little exercise that actually everyone can try at home if they have kids is like before we go to bed we all go around and we just share like one thing that we're we're really happy or grateful for for the day and then one thing that we just really didn't like about the day interesting yeah and like when when they were younger I actually used to just do what we're grateful for and then I started to realise that but I actually wanted all of us to also be able to share the parts that we didn't think were so great but like you know, was still a part of, of us and that we would all feel shitty with you together because mm. we're so family. Feel, oh. yeah. So that you don't bottle it up. And yeah, and it's, like, it's okay to feel shitty because I had a shitty day. So I'm going to put it here and then like I get hugs. You know what I mean? I feel like, yeah. wow, it makes me feel so good. Like Even though I think it's like a time for them, I realise that it's a time for me too. Like, you know, sometimes just being able to like share that as a family helps keep us keep the communication channels open and I hope that it's something that we will just continue to do and hopefully the kids realise that even when we maybe don't get a chance to do it every night together like if they're freaking 17 or 18 years old <laughs> yeah hey mom, I, it's okay yeah. to call your mom and say like I had shitty yeah. day and this is why but you know I, I hope that they realise because it's like a muscle right like if they start if they start using it now then they will be familiar with it when they when they finally need to flex it again yeah so, I think that's it right talking about feelings yeah, is very important I think it's just important it's hard it's hard it's very important yeah and sometimes it's also like addressing how they make you feel as well because like you know sometimes we work from home and like it gets crazy and like you're very stressed out and like they're asking you 20 million questions and it's just like having to like literally stop and say like hey mommy really needs to do something right now Mm. but in 5 minutes we can talk or like if you have something very urgent to tell me let's talk about it first Mm. do you think it's so important we should talk about it first Mm. and like just showing them that they are important I think is part like it's a start, you know, so that they know that out of no matter what, I'm important mm. and I can share my feelings with someone, you know. I think that's what will really, or rather what how we feel that it will really help. Yeah. Derek, I'm curious because talking about feelings... It's a very feminine thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. I, I think as... I, I don't do well with talking about feelings. So... Unless I'm yeah. drunk, but... <laughs> That's another different story altogether, yeah. yeah. So you can't get your daughters drunk. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, but I mean, I look at this. I look at this um, from 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 a slightly different lens. I think things have changed, or there has been this cultural zeitgeist in 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 the last maybe two to three years mm. in terms of mental health awareness. So then, I think now increasingly, so people are placing mental health needs or you know mental health in general. Yeah as something that's as important as living life going yes. to work you know, yes. it's, 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 it's something that is appearing uh, in, in, you know, in the workplace yep. and, and in, in, at home right yep. so then it's not an afterthought because a few years ago mental health was an afterthought where yep. people had, had depression anxiety and you know most tragic of like suicide right and then it's like oh what could we have done mm. but that was too late really when a person is thinking about you know yep. taking his own life or her own life that's way past that point. Yep. We, we did not, we did not, you know, 
prevented. Prevented. Yeah. And having mental health being at the forefront of whatever we do or, you know, being an aside to whatever we do, I think it's it's something that's quite important. And as in raising a family as well, you know, I, I, I do think that, that with this new kind of mode of thinking, right, you know, we can address it better. And if we don't, if we don't, if we, if we don't place it as an important thing, both in the workplace and at home, then we're just going to, you know, forever not be able to do with it. It's, mm. it's, we're dealing with mental health issues as something that you that you fix and you're not actually addressing the fundamental issues I mean that's where I'm at with this right now um, as for raising our family with it I don't know you know it's, it's something that that I will think through and, and implement or but the notion of fixing mental health is a bit of a paradox isn't it it is yeah right? approaching it with that Mental model, trying to yeah. fix it. It's not it's, something yeah. to cure. You see, yeah. that's that's or that's 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 what I think. It's mm. it's it's not. It, once you once you have this idea, oh, I need to cure something about my mental. Then maybe it's a bit too late because because you didn't have the building blocks of you know talking about your feelings, how to cope. Oh, these yeah. are mechanisms for you to understand yourself, understand Correct. that these are present. How yeah. do you? function and how you excel even with yeah. all these things so present. So then, then we're seeing all these, you know, mindfulness kinds of stuff come yep. out with, with these things in school that yep. they're learning in primary one. Yep. You know, these are tools that that, that mm. are increasingly starting to appear, yep. right? Both in school, workplace, whatever, right? And well, I think we as the latest generation to come up with this, you know, we're, we're starting to learn these tools ourselves as well. As adults. As adults, yeah. right? We should have learned this as kids, but you know, back then- Experiment, nobody, I tell you really. Yeah, <laughs> nobody thought about this, yeah. right? So maybe we're the first generation of adults to to live in a world where mental health is being placed as, as important as everything else. Right? Do you think for us as adults, being faced with such uh, topics, mental health, there is a hesitance for us to even, uh, to, to for us to even, um, I think there is a hesitance yeah. in a lot of people who have not experienced it or experienced mental health you know, issues mm. or known have known someone that has yeah. you know, these you know, has certain afflictions or, or challenges. Um, but increasingly, as people are more open to talk about it and to 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 reveal you know in public that you know I, I go for therapy or whatever, yeah. right? then we're going to see more incidents you know of people actually being able to empathize because now I know somebody that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so much less taboo to admit yeah. that you taboo, have mental yes. health issues mm. nowadays. Previously, people will try and hide it, you know, mm. going for therapy, seeking... And seeing that drives counselor. the person down the, the, yeah. the deeper hole, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So then, then you're not allowed to talk about those feelings because, because, because it is taboo. I think our generation is dealing... Our generation adults are dealing with that. But I think this is going to change because right now in school, as you heard in primary one, they're already doing this stuff. Yeah. Right? And and you know they are being armed with the skills to 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 you know navigate life as a mentally healthy adult as well. Mm. So yeah, I think things will change. We we will learn along the way. We're experimenting with this as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess to wrap up the session, I have one more question. One last question, really. Um, what is this? Is to everybody. What is your definition of success, and how has it changed throughout your years of being a teenager to being an adult? to now being a parent. How has that term, that word success changed? Hmm. What's the definition of it? Hmm. I think it's great that you even pose the question that way yeah. because like some people would just say, what's your definition of successful stop? Because it's true, like, I think as you grow and as you journey, your definition of success changes. It yep. evolves. So like, I feel like 
in school, it's a different measure as to when you're working, as to when you're an adult with a family. So I think my, for me, success looks like happiness. Like if I'm, if I, and I, and you know, the thing about being more mentally aware, which is what we just spoke about, is that you get, your senses are a little bit more sensitive, right? To like how you're feeling. And I know when I'm actually feeling stressed out and I know when I'm being stretched to, to a point where it's uncomfortable for me mm. and not in a positive way because when you're challenged with something that's different from when you're stressed yep, yep, with something yep. and I feel like when we when we started elementary was when I feel we started to choose and shape what we wanted for ourselves we wanted to take autonomy of our own time so mm. that we could spend more time with our families do work that we believed in and I feel like today I believe that I'm successful mm. I feel like we're all successful because we, we got to, that got to do that yeah. we got to do that today you know and even when we started elementary we were 7 years old this year like even in between we thought we had to do different things to be successful but actually if you ask us today we're, start, we're starting where we wanted to like because along the way, I think we had obviously when you start a company, you have ambitions and yes. you start seeing that hey, actually you can grow. Mm. But then when we came back down to it and we s- sat down again and decided actually that's not why we started a company. We started a company because we wanted a, a balanced life for ourselves. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that I'm successful today because I have you guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I mean, for I me, I feel for the same me, way uh, about you. Derek <laughs> interrupting me. <laughs> Spoiler moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can hold hands. Behind <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Derek, go ahead. No, on, on that, on, yeah. on that note, um, when she said we had ambitions, I had ambitions, right? As can as, you explain some of these ambitions? Yeah, um, I mean, when you start an agency, or at the start, you know, like wow, we're gonna be huge, man. This is gonna be, you know, we're gonna have like. 200 employees and oh, five offices around the world. No, I mean, but that did... did, did <laughs> it is ambition. Yeah. That is ambition. Mm. and But that is, that is you know, definition of success, right? That was a definition of success, mm-hmm. which mm. I don't... As I grew older, I don't subscribe to anymore. Mm. I, I don't want that. But what now... I'm, I, think, I think right now I feel good because as Erica said, you know, we get to do what we want. We work on things that we want to work on. We, you know, get to raise our families. I mean, we have time to do our own things, right? And we have the autonomy. Mm. I think that autonomy is is worth a lot more than, you know, right now we can't do this podcast because in the other <laughs> version of life, right? Yeah, we can't do this no, podcast because no we're too busy. Yeah. You know, we're in the office managing 200 people, right? <laughs> Across three different time zones, you know? I don't want that life. That, yeah, that, that's not for me, you know? Yeah. I, I realize in myself that I don't need that corporate, like, life. Yep. That's not my, my thing. Right? So right now, I'm really, really happy and, and you know that's 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 a definition of success that I can get by. It's right? wholly your own. It's, yeah. it's wholly my own. So right? the optics of what that word means has changed. Yes. And props for even having the flexibility and the the willingness really to change it. Yeah. yeah. Because as I say, it, it is people will come to realize that I it's mean, not I binary. Would, yeah. I guess to me, I was possibly very immature about this at that point. I couldn't tell. I mean, at that point. Oh, okay. Oh, no, 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 no sorry. No, 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 now I'm very mature. No. <laughs> no, but at that point in time. But yeah. then, then, then I think these things change when you have kids as well. Because, like, if 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 in that alternate, you know, reality, right, yep. I wouldn't have spent a lot of time with my kids, and they will not see me ever. You know, mm. and that's not what I want right now. Because I want to be with them and 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 spend as much time as I can. I want to bring them to the zoo on a weekday sometimes. Yes, it's, it's crowded. <laughs> I want to be able to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think success for me is when the people that are under my care are happy and they are thriving. And people under my care mean my family, yeah. my children, um, and the people that I work with. 
you know, to know that all these different groups of people around me are happy and that in some way I contributed to that makes yep. me feel like a successful person. And like Erica and Derek have both said that we have finally reached that sweet spot, I mm -hmm. think, in our lives as business owners. I mean, not to say that there are, not, there are no challenges, there are. Mm. We're still stressed out, but <laughs> from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. But we are happy with what we've built, what we've achieved, and, and I think we are quite positive about the future of yeah. what we're going to do together as a team, be it in life beyond grades, be it as friends, parents, or as business owners mm. for this little agency that we've uh, built for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. People always ask us, right? Like, oh, how do you, <laughs> what do you see elementary in five years' time? I mean, I'm sure you get that question too, for it. like, where do you see your business in five years' time? And exactly then, like what it is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always say like, in some way, shape or form, it will still, still be the same. You know, I'm sure we will have to adapt and change along the way. You know, maybe do away with things that are not so efficient. Mm. Or, but like, we will still be us and us is a family. So we say the elementary is like an extension of your own family. Like you come together with friends who become your family. Yep. And then you are in this great place where you feel like you can be yourself, like the best version of yourself. And then just do creative work because you are happy. Yep. And um, yeah, I think that's where we are right now. I would imagine what Derek said about um, if, if someone were to ask you the question of where do you see your company going? Mm -hmm. And I would imagine the answer of as it is right now is it runs paradoxical to what society expects yeah. of oh, yeah. a company because growth, you always yeah. need to grow, you yeah. always need to have not even certain KPIs, but as an entrepreneur, quote unquote, you always have to have a certain milestone to hit. You always need to grow the company, grow the size. But what you said about have being being a family, being even have even retaining the amount of employees, even retaining how the company is right now is, I think it, it I think it runs against what is maybe not say preached but unconsciously said with uh, social media, with the extravagance yeah. of how you can see how other people are living. Yeah, people always say like, oh, you know, you need to hustle. Life is hustle. Every day you have to hustle. And yeah. People are proud of that, right? But we, you know, when you said yeah, you need to fail in order to succeed, like we we did that, and I mean, I'm not failed in like horribly crashed and burned kind of failed but we grew to a point where it became really difficult to sustain and it was hard yeah. like, you know, it was, like, no but importantly it was not fun yeah it was not fun it's not at my all. definition yeah. of fun it was not fun yeah. that kind not of happy and, and that so that was us failing yeah. and then from there we learned like okay this is not what we want to do now what do we have to do in order to scale back become smaller and then more efficient and more happy yeah. <laughs> interesting yeah and that's so a big KPI for us happiness yeah. <laughs> was it a revelation when? it was I think it was yeah. because yeah. we kept thinking that oh we need to keep up with all these other local boutique yeah, agencies this is what we they're doing to, do we need to win awards do we need to like become uh, open offices overseas do we need to pitch for more big sexy accounts and I think we lost ourselves for a little bit or we were struggling with that and we needed to remind each other that this is not who we are. This is not what yeah. we wanted to do. Interesting. Yeah, and then slowly shape it to the way it is right now. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's a fantastic sentiment to wrap up. Um, in closing, where can people find you guys? Um, you can find us in Katong. <laughs> <No. laughs> Oh, which part? <laughs> okay. You can find us. Peoples. Oh yeah. my gosh! But go at two p.m. But go at two p.m. The four people in this room, we're we're in yeah. on the kipos. Exactly. Odian, Odian katong kipos. Spot Fish man. soup yeah. is, is where the it's spot. at. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. You can, that's all you need to know. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at yeah, elementary.co. Elementary mm. You can find us on our website at itselementary.co. 
not cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And life beyond grades. And life beyond grades. Life beyond grades. All right. Thank yeah. you for your time. Thank you for for spending. Thank yeah. Thank you for, for sharing. Us. Really. Thanks thank for having you. us. Wonderful. <laughs> it's a wrap. What's Yay! the jingle for the end? Dun, 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 dun. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. Don't forget to keep posted for the next one. And if you really liked what you got, give us a follow.